uh, have been fortunate enough over the last, really the last few weeks, to get to hear uh, some people other than myself preach, but I have heard myself preach a few times, and I find, I find that there is a common theme taking place now amongst people that don't even really visit with each other very much, um, and that is, it is time for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Now, that's a big deal. Um, we've been preaching, I've been preaching uh, for I can't remember how long now, almost two solid years about the end times, living in the end times, getting ready, getting ready, getting ready. Um, but before, or excuse me, I'll say it this way, as we get ready, we must, like Carla said, learn how to walk in the Spirit. The Bible says if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so lots of times the lust of our flesh isn't just, you know, some of those things we don't want to talk about with children in the room. Sometimes the lust of our flesh is, to, is, a, is just a nice vegetative state. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Your body, your body says, please park me and leave me alone for a little while. But the Holy Ghost on the inside of you reaches up and slaps you right upside the hip. I'm not going to slap you, but I might slap him. Would that be okay? Will you give me permission? No, oh, smart girl. Smart girl, yeah. So anyway, the Holy Ghost will reach up there and say, no, what we're going to do right now is we're going to get in the Word. Because really, when the spirit man on the inside of you gets weak, you must have the Word of God imparted to you. You must have the Spirit of God stirring in you. And when you allow Him to move in you and you allow Him to move on you, and then that flesh that seems to be dictating what you do will begin to get weaker and weaker and weaker. And by weaker, I don't mean sicker and sicker and sicker. I mean its influence over you becomes diminished. Hallelujah. Now, you're here on Friday night. And so that must mean that you were hungry for something more than leftover pizza. You were hungry for something more than whatever you've got TiVo'd. Thank the Lord for TiVo. Huh? TiVo changed my life. Man, I tell you what, those commercials were terrible, and I just zip right through those jokers now. But anyhow, that's a whole different subject. We might not want to spend any time on television. But turn to Acts chapter 1, because I did come down here to share with you one little bitty thing tonight. Maybe it'll turn into two little bitty things tomorrow night. Maybe it'll turn into three little bitty things Sunday morning. In Acts chapter 1, we see what is necessary for the gospel message to spread. And it's not the internet. It is not... (laughs) Did you see something funny? It is not... That's funny. It is not mass communicating. Though I believe in mass communicating. We've been on the radio in the county that we live in and the surrounding counties for about a year now, and and we're seeing some fruit of it, and the Lord's been good, and He's blessed us. And um, I'm thanking God for the radio, but we don't need just the radio. We don't need just the Internet. 
We don't need one more bigger, fancier computer in order to propel the gospel around this world. Though I do thank the Lord for the capacity to preach around the world from right here in Houston County. You can reach the Chengdu province of China from right here. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. I need more cooperation with that. I say you can reach the Chengdu province of China from right here. Hallelujah. You are not in an insignificant place. You're in a place where you can impact the world. But in order to impact the world, the world, you know, the whole big thing, and your little portion or little corner of it, you must learn how, I must learn how to be uh, moved by and compelled by the Holy Ghost. And so, you know, I came... uh, Somebody, I don't remember who, who it was, told me one time, he said, show up wounced. I said, what in the world is wounced? Y'all, is that an East Texas word, wounced? So I don't know where I heard that from. He said, just show up wounced and get unwounced while you're there. And so uh, I showed up wounced. And so let's see if I can get unwounced while I'm here. So let's look here. In Acts chapter 1, we see the beginning of something pretty special. Let's start reading. Oh, let's start reading in verse 3. To whom he showed himself alive, speaking of Jesus, after his, after his passion by many infallible, infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Thank God for being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Verse 6 says, And when they were therefore come together, they asked of him, and they said, Lord, well, at this time, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his power. Verse 8, everybody look at this. Focus. But you shall receive power... After the Holy Ghost has come on you, and you'll be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And then he was taken out. Let's look at verse 8 again. It says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. So let's just look at this together. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach a little bit and I'm going to preach a little bit. And some of this stuff you already know and some of this stuff maybe you don't know. I'm going to assume it's probably not very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's certainly not a new message, but uh, it's, an, it's an old message. I want you to look. It says, You shall receive power. Now that word power there, I'm not a big fan of reading to folks, but I'm going to read to you for just a minute. I want you to understand when the Jesus said you're going to receive power, I want you to know what he said, and it is this. That word power means energy, might, great force, great ability, strength, miraculous power. And so you got in here tonight, and it's a little bit before 8 o'clock on a Friday night, and you're starting to get tired. You didn't sit here and got still long enough for somebody other than me in this room starting to get sleepy. 
Man, this is the time of night when if I get still, hey, babe, you can call it. I'm just about done. So just shake it off a little bit. Jesus said, but you shall receive energy. I believe you can even receive energy at 8 o'clock on Friday night. You're going to receive might. Now, we're going to get in a little bit, but we're going to see that it's talking. he's talking about the might of God. So you're going to receive the might of God, the force of God, the strength of God when the Holy Ghost has come on you, and you're going to be able to take this gospel of the kingdom and proclaim it all across the earth because He's going to infuse you with power to do it. Now that must mean then that it's not just for the preacher to be infused with power, but it's for every believer to be infused, endued, with power from on high. The Lord Himself would like to drop some strength into your lap tonight. And all you have to do is just reach out by faith and grab a hold of some of the strength that flows from heaven's throne. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that I didn't come all the way here to preach to people, to talk to people that didn't need just a little bit of strength or just a little bit of power or just a little bit of energy or just a little bit of might. Sometimes you look at things in your life like Carla was talking about a few a few minutes ago and you realize that you need a lot more power than what you've got in reserves. You might be looking at a mountain in your life that is not a molehill. So what we're going to do is we're going to skip down to Acts chapter 2. I know this is simple. I know it is. I didn't come here to try to uh, share with you my latest and greatest revelation. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, I would just like to take a moment to remind you something you already know, and that is it is the time of Pentecost. It is still the time of Pentecost. The time has fully come, and it has stayed. It is still the day of Pentecost. All right. I knew you knew that already. And they were with one, with one accord in one place, and suddenly they got together. Their hearts were in union. They were in a place of expectation. I would assume that just a few of us in this room tonight, here in the next few minutes, we can get in accord, we can get in union, and we can get an expectation. I'm getting an expectation. And then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Now, I know to some of you this perhaps may be an historical fact, and it is an historical fact, but I believe this is also a, a, a good model, if you will, of something that's certainly capable of happening today because I have been in places where suddenly the Holy Ghost just swooped into the room. And it would suit me right now, brother, if the Holy Ghost would just swoop right into the room and I could stop preaching and we could all just start praying and worshiping together. But until that suddenly takes place, I'm just going to keep going for a little while longer. Now, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. It filled the room. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like, like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. Verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And so they were sitting there, and the Spirit of God was released from heaven by Jesus and the Father. 
Now, we're, we, can tell, we can talk for just a minute here. You, I know that you already know this. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm just kind of talking. So just humor me for a minute. So we know that when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts to men, and that is a part and parcel of the, of, the, uh, of the ministry gifts. But also what happened was the Holy Spirit was released into the world. Jesus said that when he went into heaven, he would release the comforter. He also said it was expedient or beneficial for those people that were going to be left behind for him to leave and the Holy Ghost to come on the scene. Right? Okay. So the Holy Ghost is now released on the scene. Suddenly happened in the, in the congregation of just a few people. They were all in one accord and the Holy Ghost came on the scene and they began to pray in tongues. They began to worship. That worship began, and that experience began to spill out into the street. I believe that that is uh, really indicative of what the will and the plan of God is for our worship and our Pentecostal experience to spill into the street. All right. I'm glad that you're with me. Now, they spilled into the street. Skip on down to verse 14. So Peter stood up and he gave the first sermon here. He lifted up his voice and he said unto them, You men of Judea and all that you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that that had been prophesied by the, uh, by the apostle Joel. Lord, help me right now not to say Apostle Joel. By the prophet Joel, and it'll come to pass. Now look, this is where, I, this is where I'm trying to get for just a second. And it'll come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Now if it's all flesh, that means it's all flesh. From the oldest flesh... To the youngest flesh. I believe this, that it is the will of God for Him to pour out from heaven on top of your reverential self the Spirit of God just come and land right in your lap as you worship, as you magnify. He said He inhabited the praises of His people. I believe it's possible for the Spirit of God just to come and sit right here next to you. Just come and sit right here in your lap. Just come and begin to speak to you and to minister to you and to fill you up with Himself and to do something in you that you can't do for yourself like Carla was talking about. How many of you ever been to the end of yourself and it's still and the road still is ahead of you and so you got to have something baby. And so this is where the Holy Ghost will kick in and He will compel and propel you into a divine destiny. So He said, look, this is that that's been prophesied by Joel a long time ago, buddy. This is nothing that y'all should be shocked at. Don't be dismayed at that. The, the Lord has not been trying to hide this from you. This is something that's been talked about, and this is the beginning of that. And so the Holy Ghost got poured out right then on that bunch of people. He said, verse, uh, I'm going to keep reading here. 
And uh, I'll just start again with 17. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. They shall prophesy. Now what I want you to do is uh, skip on. I told you this is real complicated. Skip down to verse 33 of the very same chapter. So Peter just, I mean, he's still going. Well, let's read verse 32 just for fun. It says, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. Now, I was looking at this. As a matter of fact, I was reading some of these verses as we were driving down here. Carla was driving, and I was sitting over there, and we had some worship music going, and I, and I was praying. And you know, even driving down Highway 59, the Lord showed me something I had never seen before. And so it's possible just to be minding your own business. I'm just sitting there reading. I'm not really studying too hard, and I'm not doing anything, and I don't really read well driving. It makes me sick to my stomach most of the time. But, uh yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, but I'm just sitting here reading, and I saw something. One, uh, something I've known for a long time, and it's not new revelation to me, and that is uh, that having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, and so I don't really have a lot of time. I'm not going to take a lot of time just to remind you that the Spirit of God is also referred to as the promise of the Father, and so what the Holy Ghost is is a fulfilled promise, and that must mean then that if you ask for the Holy Ghost and you seek the, the Holy Ghost, then the Holy Ghost as a promise for the, from the Father is guaranteed to you. And so, you know, I would just like to remind you now that if you just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I need, a, I need a release of the anointing, I need the Spirit of God to move in my life, then that is a promise from the Father that He would do that in your life. The pre, the, 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 how can I say this? The prerequisites have been met. The blood of Jesus has been shed. You are cleansed by the blood in right standing with God tonight and qualified for the Holy Ghost to move on your scene. All right. Hallelujah. I'm just glad everybody's thinking about that. Promise. The promise of the Father, he's referred to in other places. Here it says, the promise of the Holy Ghost. He has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. Now, a long time ago I wrote in my Bible, they both saw and heard, but this afternoon I thought, you know, that's really interesting that as these people began to be ministered to and to minister through the power of the Holy Ghost, the people that were standing around there, Rhonda, do you see what I saw? What, uh, what it was was the, the, the people that were around, they both saw what the Holy Ghost was doing and they heard what the Holy Ghost was doing through the lives of the people that the Spirit of God was moving in. So I would just like to take a moment this morning, this morning, have mercy, this evening and tell you that the Spirit of God working on you will enable people perhaps that aren't even looking for it to see there's something going on with you, buddy. What is that? Huh? What is that? I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost moves, people can't help but to respond. 
Carla had that conversation with a guy or a woman the other day. I don't remember. Oh, I remember now the perfect conversation. It's her story. I'm not going to relate it relate it to you. But uh, the simple facts of the matter are: when the Holy Ghost lands, you know. When the Spirit of God begins to move on you, you know the Spirit of God is moving on you because you see something, you feel something, and people begin to hear something. I hear the sound, and I'd just like to say this right now, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And I've been hearing it for several months. I hear a sound. It's taking place a little bit off in the distance. I hear just a little rumbling taking place somewhere, and I don't really know exactly where that rumbling is, but I promise you that it will not be long that the Spirit of God begins to pour out on our congregations. He begins to pour out upon those people that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Jesus said those are the people that would be filled. It's not that complicated. If you're hungry, then the Spirit of God is perfectly willing to satisfy every hunger that you have. He's not trying to hold anything back from you. Now, I want to look at one more, maybe two, verses. Just flip on over to Acts chapter 10. I hope you wasn't coming expecting a big, long Bible study. Maybe tomorrow night, but just not tonight. I can't help it. This is just all I got. I did prepare, I promise. In Acts chapter 10, let's look at verse 38. Peter's preaching again. And uh, towards the end of this sermon in Cornelius' house, this is what he says. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Somebody say all, please, all. Who did he heal? He healed all. How many people got through the cracks when Jesus was around? None. None. He healed all that were what? Oppressed of the devil. And so what's healing re- what what is sickness referred to here? An oppression of the devil. So who's the author of sickness, church? The devil is the author of sickness. Okay. So Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him, and we are witnesses of all things which he did. And we're just going to keep right on going. Him him, God raised up. Look at verse 43. To him gave all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. So Peter's just teaching them about Jesus and he's just talking to them and he's laid out the plan of salvation and he said this has just been taking place. And so y'all all know what Peter was saying. I'm not really trying to talk to you and remind you of what Peter was saying. I just want you to see in Acts chapter 10 verse 44 while Peter's just standing there 
talking to a bunch of people he don't really even know. The Bible says the Holy Ghost fell on all those which heard the word. And so while Peter's just standing there talking to a bunch of people that were hungry and thirsty, he did not wax poetic. He didn't have a PowerPoint presentation. I like PowerPoints. They're cool. I can do PowerPoints. It, it's all great. But he didn't, you know, he didn't have all... That I, it don't even make record, Kevin, that the person that sung the special was able to hit all the high notes. Right. He's just sitting in a room, just like we are here in a room tonight, People are hungry. People are thirsty. Peter's just standing there. He's just talking. It don't particularly say that his motor was too cranked. He's just there. He's doing what he was supposed to do. And while he's doing what he was supposed to do, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And so I wrote in the uh, the margin of my Bible a long time ago, to hear we must listen. And so, you know, that's really... Y'all know I'm a complicated fella. But look, if you want the Holy Ghost to fall on you, you got to be listening. You can't be sitting there like a bump on a pickle and expect the Holy Ghost to fall on you. No, 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 no. you got to be listening. Lord, give me ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today. What does the Spirit of God want to do in my life? I want to have ears to hear. Remember a minute ago we said that the people hanging around both saw and heard. And so I believe this, when the Holy Ghost lands on you, people can see and they can hear. Now, here, the Holy Ghost fell on them, all those that heard, and they are the circumcision which believe, were as astonished. They said, oh, I didn't even know that was possible. How I many you know God can do things you didn't think was possible? Y'all know He's still trying to do stuff you think is impossible? Matter of fact, I just like to remind myself that God can do some things that I think is impossible. Some things I just put on the shelf and said, I, maybe, maybe never. I just like to take a minute now and remind myself, sweetheart, that it's not impossible with God. The Bible says nothing is impossible to God. I'll even take it a further. It said nothing's impossible to him who believes. Did you know the Bible said that? All right. So here we go. <clears throat> Holy Ghost fell. They were astonished because the because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. No, so verse forty four says the Holy Ghost fell. Here in verse forty five, it says the Holy Ghost was poured out. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter stood up and he said, hey, "Well, you, we got to baptize these people." And so I just want you to see something. And I know that you know, and I know that I probably haven't said anything new to you. I would just like to remind you that it is possible. I really believe it is the will of God for the heavens to open and the Holy Ghost to be poured out from the Father straight into this room tonight so that we can receive dunamis power before we go back home. I believe it's the will of God for there to be an infusion of dunamis power into your life. Not just for you, but for all those people that you come in contact with to have the opportunity to both see and hear what the Spirit of God would say to you and through you. The Holy Ghost falling. The Holy Ghost moving. And I'm not talking about working something up. I'm just talking about acknowledging something that's possible. 
though I really don't have a problem with people worshiping the Lord and worshiping the Lord and worshiping the Lord and worshiping the Lord till something happens. Yeah, I know I said that four or five times. Why did I say that four or five times? Because sometimes you might have to worship the Lord more than three minutes. Sometimes you might have to spend a little bit of time on your knees. Sometimes you might just have to press through that physical exhaustion and that mental exertion that's been going on. You know, some of us don't work with our backs. We work with our minds. And at the end of a long day, baby, that brain is in the way. It's just, oh, it's just wired for sound. You know, it's what they say. It's just... And you got to get that thing calmed down and out of the way. My pastor used to say the baptism in the Holy Ghost is God's head bypass operation. You remember him saying that? God's head bypass operation. That is, the Spirit of God working in you, and as you begin to worship and you begin to pray, and particularly as you begin to pray in other tongues, then your own understanding is circumvented, and you can pray out mysteries. Y'all know 1 Corinthians, don't you? Huh? You can pray out mysteries... You can pray for those things you don't even know you're supposed to be praying for because you you begin to pray what you don't even know. Holy Ghost began to move and the Spirit of God began to minister. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm trying to be mindful of my time. And I, I know I, I, I really hadn't said nothing all that profound. I know I keep saying that, but I want you to know that I know I hadn't said anything profound. Sometimes I've had people look at me. Now, I know none, none of y'all have tonight, praise the Lord. But I, I, as a matter of fact, I preached in Ashdown, Arkansas the other day. And uh, we, you know, we were preaching. And it wasn't, I don't even know there's any more people in here than that on that Sunday night. I don't know. It, it probably was a few a few more. And so I'm preaching, and I'm preaching hard. I'm just preaching, spit flying everywhere. I'm red, my ears are red, and I'm preaching, jumping up and down, hollering and carrying on. And there's a guy sitting over there, and he looked, I wish I, here we go. He's sitting there just like this. Whole time, Kevin, and I'm putting on, I mean, nothing else I'm putting on the show, right? And I'm making my point, baby, the best I can make it, because I'm stoked about it. Apparently, I was wounced, you know. So I'm wounced, and this guy's sitting here like this the whole time. Yeah. Now, the youth pastor sitting over there on the front row, he had the good sense to get in the spitting row, and I'm afraid I probably did spit on him once. Anyway, so he's sitting there, and the other guy's sitting right there. And so, you know, all the while I'm preaching, I'm laughing, because youth pastor, he's about to come unglued, you know. Oh, just like, is it my turn? Is it my turn? He's just so excited, you know. He's, oh, oh, I can't, I mean, it's hard for him to sit still, I could tell. I mean, I like to say, I'm slobbering, spits flying, I'm preaching hard, I'm just, I'm wounced up. And this guy's sitting there about to go to sleep. How in the world he's about to go to sleep? I got no idea how he's about to go to sleep. And nothing else, just the sheer booming of my voice would keep him awake. And he's sitting there going, he didn't believe a word that's coming out of my mouth. Or I don't really think he cared about a word that was coming out of my mouth. And so really what separated those two guys, though they were in the same place, it was, well, about like where John's sitting and, and about right here. They couldn't have been no further away than, than you two fellas. 
But I, as I was preaching, y'all don't mind if I just sit in my Bible and talk for a minute. I won't keep you too much longer and then we'll pray together. But as I was preaching, and I, and I, and I was talking about the moving of the Holy Ghost. Boy, and the Holy Ghost fell just like I knew the Holy, Holy Ghost was going to fall. We got around the front and the Spirit of God just went, whoom, right on everybody that wanted the Holy Ghost to go, whoom. Spirit of God began to move and to minister on people. And the whole time I'm sitting there preaching, or after I saw that this guy was about as interested in what I was talking about as I was interested in what was taking place in his head. Did y'all get that? He didn't care nothing about what I was thinking. I didn't care nothing about what he was thinking. And I began to think about how it must have been for Jesus when, when he was sitting there. Uh, he was preaching. He was in a house church, and he was preaching. And uh, the Bible says uh, he was teaching the, the Pharisees and the doctors of the law. And uh, he was just standing there teaching. He was being Jesus, you know, who went about doing good and healing all the repressed of the devil, for the Lord was with him, you know, anointed of the Holy Ghost to do that very thing. And uh, so he's standing there. He's being Jesus, and he's teaching. And the Bible says that the power of the Lord was present to heal all of them. And he was in the room with these smart people, you know. And, I'm, you know, we, I believe in being smart people. Thank God for smart people. But you can't let your smart self get in the way of what the Holy Ghost wants to do. I understand there's a couple of people pretty smart in this room tonight, but I thank God that those people that are pretty smart don't let, the, don't let their brains get in the way of what the Holy Ghost wants to do. Because no matter how smart any of us is, we ain't no smarter than him. He made the whole shebang, baby. Right? And so I'm sitting there thinking, and this guy's sitting there, you know, I mean, he's got his, this is a grown man my age, right? And he's got his elbows on his, on his knees, and he's looking at me like this. Just say. So anyhow, I'm going to get back to my story. So Jesus, you know, is being Jesus, and he's teaching, and he's healing the sick, and he's raising the dead, and he's doing what he does. And you got these guys sitting around here, kind of like this guy was, just sitting there going, when's this going to be over? I can't believe I got up and came up here for this. Thank God preseason football's didn't start. I mean, whatever he was thinking, oh, it's football season. Thank God for football season. I don't have to come to church on Sunday night. I can stay home and watch the Cowboys or the Texans. Somebody will be on. I don't have to get them to come up here. And all the while this is taking place, I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. There was one guy, yeah. There was one guy that didn't have the strength to get up off of a mat that had to, that had to get on the phone or, or get on his cell phone. He had to start text messaging all of his homeboys to get somebody to come and pick him up and get him in the presence of Jesus. And they got there, and there was a lot of people there. What nothing taking place in the in the building that the Bible says anything about. So there, but there was still a lot of people there because throngs went where Jesus went. Throngs with an R. So there was throngs there where Jesus was, and uh, there was a bunch of people. For those of y'all that don't know what a throng is, there was a bunch of people there. They couldn't get in there. He said, "What are we gonna do?" Y'all know the story. What they do? Got up on the roof. begin to pull and peel the tiles back. So sometimes when I tell this story, you know, I'll make the little sound. They started hearing a scratching, a clawing. All of a sudden, the, the roof opens up. And in comes this fella. Getting dropped right down in the midst of the place. 
So while the power of the Lord was present to heal all of them, you got one guy that persevered through all of it. And he tapped into something that was supernatural. He didn't let that mat keep him down. And so I would just like to take this this moment to remind you, do not let your mat keep you down. I love preaching this guy's story, and most of the time I preach this guy's story, I'm really preaching this guy's story. But y'all know the story. I'm just reminding you that when it's time for the Holy Ghost to move, by all means, let him move. Don't Don't let whatever you brought into the place keep you from his presence. I'm, I'm telling you, and I, I know that I, that I don't sound like I'm all that wound up about it, but it's because I'm tired physically. Don't let my tired body slow down what I know to be the will of God in this place tonight and tomorrow night and Sunday morning and really from here on out because I'm, I'm seeing it and I'm hearing it all over the place. I'm not the only preacher. Kevin's not the only preacher that's saying, look, baby, we got to slow some of this stuff down and allow Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. We've got to put the brakes on some of the stuff that we're doing and allow him to move and to minister. He would really like to fall on you. He would really like to come and visit you. He would really like to show up and to do for you what you can't do for yourself, and that is to impart something straight from heaven into your life. 